you know, go back and listen to the episode about Darren's penis. It was one of my favorites. Um, penis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously though, if you if you haven't listened to it, please, please do. Like just for the production value alone, um, it is uh, it just outstanding. Um, Thank you. There's a reason we sound good, even if you know the content's questionable. The audio quality is always top notch. What is up? I'm Darren, your co-host of Master of Some, a podcast about health and fitness served up as a metaphor for life. If this is your first time listening or you haven't already, please, please hit the subscribe or follow button or whatever you use to listen to us. Make sure that you get alerts when a new episode comes out. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Acast, and a few others. Also, please rate us on whatever app you use and leave a comment. Second to last, if you like any of the music that you hear, you can add it to your device playlist by going to masterofsomepod.com slash music and share that out to all your friends. Lastly, send this podcast or your favorite episode to someone that you think will get some value out of this, as the more people that hear about us, the dopest stuff we can do to then help other people and then the cycle continues forever please note there is a language warning as we sometimes cuss slash curse and i'd hate to put you in an awkward moment if we slip up and use some adult bad words and we're here episode three I don't want to say the number because this might get reordered so let's not say the number this should nah, fuck be it. it's three. episode three um <laughs> no one cares about numbers anymore in podcasting, that was so 2017 when people put numbers in their podcast because Apple did a huge email where they said, don't put numbers in your fucking subject because uh, we might not actually accept your podcast. And then everyone freaked out and they said, no, no, that's not what we meant. Joe Rogan still does numbers. <laughs> everyone does numbers. Everyone does numbers. Everyone does numbers because that was the only way to categorize podcast back 15 years ago before they actually were able to start, you know, giving you seasons and all the metadata that they have now. But also, no one also no one, if you got a website, you need to point somebody to the page where the podcast is and it's like, you know, master of some slash I don't even know what our URLs are. How embarrassing is that? Ma- the master of some or master of some pod. They God both damn it. the same place. But it's cool. You did not come here to hear about podcast analytics and podcast data. You came here to hear about what we might call this episode either integral performance <laughs> or specificity. Specificity, yeah. So we'll, we'll see where we go with that. But Phil, tell me a bit about that because I ended up asking a few people if they saw an episode called that about endurance, fitness, and health, what would they think? And I got some of the worst responses, <laughs> um, not to shit on your podcast hey tentative name but please tell me what the hell we're going to be talking about so i'm not a branding guy um (laughs) so integral um so integral performance is loosely based on um integral theory which was popularized by integral theorist ken wilber um it is a model for making sense of the entirety of reality so not ambitious at all um and (laughs) integral performance is a way of applying those concepts to uh, endurance sports and, and health and fitness and, and, and performance. So essentially what it looks at is is taking all of the aspects of the race you're training for and then uh, reverse engineering what you should be doing from a preparation perspective through the lens of um, you know mental training, physical training, the environment you train in, uh, the people in your lives, um, the systems that you operate within basically all of the context around the race you, you, you're training for. Um, we've already talked um, to some extent 
last episode around the mental side of things. So I think what would be helpful uh, this episode is focusing on the physical side. So uh, the training itself, the recovery, and uh, some aspects of nutrition as well. Cool. I'm looking forward to jumping into that because I know some people might be interested in what you're actually doing, you know, some practical, tactical, what you're doing to train up to this 100 kilometer, 61 mile race. And uh, I don't know, maybe some people might care what I'm doing. I've been popping up intermittently um, <laughs> with my random podcast. There was one about my penis and society and uh, and women um, <laughs> that popped up in here. And also me hanging, sorry, hating on heart rate Yeah, and training, which you'll hear actually a bit more about moving in. So let's let's bring it all in moving forward. Yeah. So, you know, go back and listen to the episode about Darren's penis. It was one of my favorites. Um, penis! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously, though, if you if you haven't listened to it, please, please do. Like, just for the production value alone, um, it is uh, it, just outstanding. Um, Thank you. There's a reason we sound good. Even if, you know, the content's questionable, the audio quality is always top notch. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. <laughs> So I know that you have a kind of mid-training period big race, and that was the AAA 50, which yep. was ran by Elite Energy. Um, give me a sense, because I honestly, unless I go into your Strava, and even your Strava sometimes is confusing, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, man. You were just in South by Southwest. Sorry, we're not making it evergreen, guys, uh, but we won't tell you the time that this was recorded. 2019. <laughs> It is March. <laughs> it is 26, March in t- 2019. No, um, I know that you were, you know, you're traveling, and I don't know what the hell you're doing, man. Like, please, like, and this is not me, like, hamming it up, being yeah. bullshit for the microphone. I don't know what you're doing because you just are cryptic and you don't tell me anything, which is cool. This is how I conduct all my relationships. I'm really like shady, mysterious. I don't communicate. I act moody. Like, you know, this is how I how I keep people keen. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> no, so um, yeah, just did the AAA 50, um, which is uh, basically twice up Mount Kosciuszko in uh, in Jindabyne. So snowy mountains, uh, snowy mountains in between Sydney and Melbourne. Right? Yeah, Canberra. Uh, Canberra. Yeah, yeah, Sydney, Canberra. Yeah. Um, for anyone who's international, no, it's past Canberra. It is past Canberra. Sorry, it's between Canberra and Melbourne. I, yeah. It's past. I'm just, I'm just trying to give people geographical reference. Yeah. It's actually yes, we have snow here in Australia. It's, uh, it's pretty fucking cool. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's cool. Keep going. <laughs> it's Australia's highest peak, uh, which isn't very high uh, at all. So you know, for for anyone international like Mount Kosciuszko, there's good beer named after it. Kosciuszko beer. Shout out to Kosciuszko beer. Um, so yeah, basically the race was 50 kilometers twice up Mount Kosciuszko and a total of. 1500 odd meters of climbing which is not insignificant in 50k 4000 feet yeah yeah um and yeah that was a mid-season race so that was a bit of a test um it was even more of a test and kind of purposefully so as well so i was just in um i was just in the u.s for south by southwest which is a big tech culture media music movie um uh festival conference like uh, nearly half a million people go to that thing which is just wild that Um, shit jumped off 10 years ago as a music festival and then i found out years later that it was a tech 
festival yeah. first. Yeah. And then the music festival kind of came after it. Like I thought, as I far it was as music first. Was it the music first? Or, I think or, it was the music sorry, first. sorry, excuse me. Um the tech festival has gotten just as big as the music festival. Oh, if not because it, happen- yeah. it happens before the music festival. Yes. So, yeah. Um I didn't I didn't know that and it's funny cuz it seems like all of my uh, industries keep running into South by and I was supposed to do that this year but I didn't. Um, Mate, if you want to go next year, we'll do Master of Some, do South by. Possibly, depending oh, dude, on what dude. happens. Yeah, know, a true. lot of trajectories, but true. we'll see. Yeah. Um, it's it's wild. Anyway, so um, I came back from South by, and and I I wasn't going to do AAA because I was at South by, and then I was like, hang on, wait a minute. If I'm jet lagged and tired and you know just not at my best, that's actually a pretty good simulation of what the second half of the UTA 100 is going to feel like. So, so I actually used the fact that I wasn't in peak form going into this race as a as a as a positive rather than a negative. You know, this is this wasn't an A race for me, despite the fact it's named AAA. Um, this was a this was a training race, and it served its purpose really really well. So yeah, it's. Uh, it was tough. It's a it's a really difficult race for anyone who's uh, interested in doing it. Uh, I do highly recommend it. It's very fun. The scenery is absolutely spectacular, but it's uh, it's a, it's a toughie. So um, half an hour faster than the year before. So I was happy with that. Like um, yeah, cool, cool. So give me a bit about your training. Let's let's go through it. Training, nutrition, and recovery. The sure. Three three pillars. There's a whole lot of other stuff, but. Like what? What training are you doing right now? Sum it up in two hundred and eighty characters or less. Twitter, a Twitter. What? Like, yeah. Sum it up. Give me. Give me the top level. Okay. So, I'm not going to give you two hundred and eighty characters, <laughs> but what I'm gonna what I'm gonna try and kind of get across is the principle of reverse engineering the race. So. I mentioned, I think in episode one, a big kind of spreadsheet I put together for the UTA, which is the kind of integral performance spreadsheet where I I, I systematically went through and tried to pick out all of the different elements of the race that I need to be prepared for. So um, I'm not going to go through that exhaustively here because that would be wearisome for everyone involved, especially you. Um, But to give you context... The, the kind of elements that are going to be important for the race are things like endurance, are muscular endurance, the the skill of running on technical trails, um, resilience, building up resilience for the training itself, um, climbing and descending technique, stair climbing descent, uh, stair climbing technique. There's a there's a bucket load of stairs in the UTA, um, which I need to be ready for. Carrying gear, like you know, you've got to run with a backpack. Um, dealing with tiredness, regulating my heart rate. So I'm not, you know, spiking it constantly and going into the red zone and burning matches. Um, you know, uh, these are, so these are some of the race elements that I need to be prepared for. So I need to be prepared for distance and I need to be resilient enough to deal with the training. So thinking about all of those ahead of time, and I did this months ago, have allowed me to tailor my training to, um, to deal with those factors. So my um, my training deals with some of the basic elements of that. Obviously, distance and time is the, the, the easiest thing to wrap your head around. Um, I've got to be able to run for a long distance over a long period of time. So building up the, the the kind of muscle memory to do that, and building up my you know mitochondrial um, efficiency, so I can I can burn energy. 
Um, so that's a lot of long, uh, long, slow distance, a lot of Maffetone style, um, training as well. Um, so that's a, that's a critical part of it, but also, um, having the endurance to, uh, or, or working the muscles in such a way that I'm, 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 that is specific to the race. So I'm climbing a lot. I'm, I'm doing trail running a lot and trail running is, you know, for people who don't do it and who just, you know, road run and run on asphalt all the time. You're, you're almost bounding all the time. You're using a lot more lateral movement. You're, you're paying attention a lot more. You're watching it and you're, you're, there's a lot more kind of micro muscles and there's a lot more um, proprioception involved. So you're, you're feeling the ground and you're adapting to it so you don't roll an ankle all the time. So translate that to training and I'm doing a lot more training on trails and I'm doing a lot more training on uneven surfaces. Um, is this all making sense? Absolutely. I'm just not trying to be on the microphone because I'm eating dark chocolate, 85%. Oh, my God. So um, I didn't want to be smacking in your ear. I don't know if the, the gate <laughs> the gate will open up or not. So, yes, making absolute sense. Yeah. Um, so uh, in terms of gear, like I'm, I'm training with a backpack as well. So I'm running with uh, I'm running with my backpack with like filled with like race equipment as well. So I'm simulating that. So that's not new on race day and doesn't cause me any weird un- untoward uh, issues and problems. Um, stability is a massive thing as well. As I said, you, you're running on, you're running on trails. Um, they're, you know, they're fairly dangerous. I've fallen over in trail races, you know, numerous times and never done anything serious, but you know, if you kind of fall on a rock in a wrong fashion, it's quite easy to twist an ankle or break something. So, um, as well as the, uh, the kind of usual strength training I'm doing, I'm doing a lot more stability training. So this is, um, kind of balance. It's standing on one leg, like moving a kettlebell around myself it's doing standing on one leg punches it's doing a lot more um uh, plyometrics so jumping exercises and things of that nature just to get um uh, stability and and strength in those areas um up to where it needs to be for the race because this is one reason i recommend trail running for ironman athletes as well because simulating what you're going to feel like in the last 10k of a um ironman marathon when your body starts breaking down your muscles start breaking down and you start having to recruit uh, muscle groups that you that you just haven't done in training before because you haven't been to that place very similar to trail running as well over this sort of distance i'm going to be you know, my body's going to start pulling, (laughs) calling on muscles that I just haven't in training. So that's why strength training, cross training and stability training are are so fundamental and important to, to that as well. So that's the kind of package that I'm mainly focusing on at the moment. Um, I guess to get down to the kind of bare bones, nitty gritty of it, it's it's mainly distance over over speed. I don't need to run fast at any point during, during this race. I did a lot more. Um, uh, so this is kind of reverse periodization. I did a lot more speed training um, months ago. So I was doing a lot more VO2 work um, and a lot more um, things like sprints and stuff like that. I still throw in a sprint session and I still do some um, you know some some strides and some some intervals within long runs, but it's mainly focused on endurance because. That, that's honestly the, the the core competence I'm going to need to to get around this course. Like I don't need to run fast; I just need to not slow down. Congratulations! You've unlocked the random bonus round. What we do is we spin a wheel and we see what random section it lands on. Will it be slide into our DMs? 
D-Lake's heart rate heartbreak, or rapid fire lightning round. And we have D-Lake's heart rate heartbreak. So this is a new series. It's so exciting. It's a new a new amendment to all of the other amendments that we have in Master of Some. And this is uh, unofficially titled Darren's Anecdotal Non-Scientific Heart Rate Rant and Theories or D-Lake's Heart Rate Heartbreak. The second one is, you like the second w- one? is way okay. b- The first one sounds like something I would have written. The second one sounds like something you wrote. So let's go with option two. Eh? All right. All right. So D-Legs, heart rate, heartbreak. So Phil, I have a problem. What's your problem, Darren? I think my heart rate monitor is racist. <laughs> Do continue. All right. So I don't know if it's racist. Um, that was kind of a joke. But I know that the actual wrist heart rate um, has had issues. A lot of the, the uh, is it infrared? What's the wrist one? Um, What's this one here? I have it on optical. Me. Optical, yeah, the optical heart rate monitor on your wrist. Yeah, from a lot of the new smartwatches and the new active activity kind of trackers. Um, they don't read people with tattoos and dark skin people very well. I only just found this out recently when you told me. Like, yeah. I, I had no idea. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah, uh, there's actually technologies because they are, there's this, whole, there's this whole thing because a lot of technology is coded by white men. It's actually racist and sexist because um, a lot of the early hand wash, you know, the, the hand sensors yeah. in the bathroom yeah. and the soap dispensers, they didn't work with black people. And I thought they just didn't work. And I realized it's because they, the, they don't have the light sensors for black people's skin. How fucked is that? It's super fucked. And and this is a massive problem in technology in general, by the way, like yeah. biased in data sets and things like that. It's, you know, passive, the, it's passively indirectly racist. It is, it's yeah. made by a white male. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's like a lot of the image recognition, you know, had trouble recognizing black people and people of, you know, different ethnicities because there weren't as many photographs for the machine learning to crunch through yeah. of people from those backgrounds. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a... It, it, when I was at South by recently, that's a big topic of conversation. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, in America, yeah, they have race issues there. I mean, every every country, every white first world country has race issues. But yeah, back to my racist heart rate monitor. Um, it's not racist. It's actually very inaccurate, and um, I'm going to talk about that later. But this is like the first part, and it's so inaccurate to the point where sometimes I'm like, "WTF? What the fuck is this damn reading?" And I've talked to people who train, have talked to you, and everyone's like, my heart rate monitor is fine. So yep. just letting you know, uh, I've got the top-of-the-line Garmin HR Tri one, the newest, latest model one. Actually, it's like a few years old, but it was giving me issues when it was brand new. I've also got the Wahoo um, Ticker? Ticker X. Oh, So I got shit. the one with the, the running dynamic. I got the regular peasant Ticker. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I, I spent the money on it. And um, it does come with a cheap-ass strap, though. So it's the actual, yeah, the actual they, connector yeah. monitor. The technology is the the hardware is the yeah the strap. The, the strap. I want to get I want to get actually a Garmin premium strap to run with the Wahoo ticker. They can't though because the Garmin the new Garmin premium no, straps are fused it's with the one the, before. Oh. Yeah, because the HR Tri I have the HR Tri. That's the one that's um that's fused, so it's not yeah, like a yeah. connector thing. That's the, connector. That thing. one's pretty good though. As a heart rate monitor, it's pretty good, and that's got the run dynamics in too. So. But check check this out. So it gets even deeper. So the run dynamics with the heart, the Garmin HR Tri, the cadence is off. Oh, 
And it's like, how do you know the cadence is off? Because I'm a musician, an audio guy, and I have a DJ mix, and I know the exact BPMs of the fucking DJ mix that I put on that I run to, and it's 180 BPMs, which is my optimal running stride cadence, and the Garmin is saying 176. Hang on. The Garmin run dynamics. So it's not only is it off in heart rate, it's also off in the run dynamics. Okay. So the cadence is off, all right? And you're like, so, dude, hang you're on, like, dude, this is Garmin. It can't be. It's fucking off. No, I'm not. But is it racist? <laughs> no, it's, it's it's just off for everyone. Yeah, it's off for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's it's. If the run dynamics were also were also discriminatory, <laughs> that would be really worrying. He doesn't like my genre of music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so it's racist yeah, in that yeah. aspect. Um. So all right, I did a whole post on this and a whole podcast on on why I stopped training a heart rate, but this is actually on my heart rate monitor. And this is something I've been struggling with for pretty much a few years now. And I'm going to just extrapolate the fuck out of this and stretch it out and zoom out because it's going to be fun. Mm. And uh, while I do sound really amped and hyped and mad, I'm not like, I'm just getting like excitable because it's, it's way more fun when someone's excitable versus being monotone. So just going to talk about uh, a couple things. Actually, you know what? That's going to just be it for that, that section. So, what do you say to that, Phil? I, I'm, I'm genuinely fascinated to hear more. Thanks for playing, ladies and gentlemen. Now back to the master of some. So that was a bit about training. Yep. And again, Practical Tactical, which uh, copyright Tim Ferriss is just was the, you know, what you're actually doing. Give me what you're eating. Tell me what you're eating and tell me how... A listener who stumbles upon this episode that runs 5Ks can benefit from what you're talking about or not. Yeah, yeah. Or or a trail runner, how they can benefit from this. Sure. I think the starting with the benefit, like I said before, it's it's more about extracting the principle of the principle of specificity. So taking what you're training for and and doing that that little bit of mental gymnastics to to get that to. Um, to translate the goal into what you're doing to achieve it so for instance um i'm currently um so currently on the nutrition side of things i'm doing intermittent fasting so i'm i'm fasting for 16 hours uh every day so whenever i have my last bite of food or drink um of an evening i use the zero app which um uh, developed by kevin rose actually who's a friend of Tim Ferriss's just to did the first podcast. He did the four hour. Uh, no, four hour. They did Tim Ferriss's first podcast with Kevin Rose. Yeah, he wanted it to be called Tim Tim Talk Talk, which I still think <laughs> I still think it should be. Um, <laughs> amazing. Um, that but, first episode was rough, by the way. It was super rough, <laughs> but, but great. I carried on listening. I carried on listening afterwards. It was two like really long time friends, like getting drunk and talking, shitting on talking. each other. Yeah, yeah like because they like they went on this funny rant about how you should cook a certain cut of beef. Yeah, and I remember it was like, dude, what? And, like, like I got really <laughs> mad. Tim Ferriss got so mad. I was like, what the fuck? Like he would never do that now. But yeah, anyway. oh, it was good. It was good. Um. So anyway, yeah, so I use the Zero app, and then that just lets me know when to eat the next day. And I'm doing that for a couple of reasons. Wait, um, it's an app that's just a timer? It's a, ti- it's a timer. It's got to be more than that. 
It, it is more than that. It's got some education stuff built okay. in, and it tracks your fasts over over time as well, so you can see how consistent you've been, and oh, if cool. you just if you decide to like end the fast early and things like that. So cool. there's a whole bunch of stuff there. It's got it's free. Like whatever. I have something to interject Go. about um, intermittent fasting that I had a aha moment on, but I'll I'll do this at the end of this session. Okay, cool. Section. Cool. All right. Um, so I'm doing that for metabolic efficiency. Um, you know, I'm going to be running for a long time, so fat fat adaptation and being able to you know utilize um utilize for fat fat for fuel in a in a race of this length is important because you know i've learned from testing as well my race nutrition that taking on too much sugar and too much sports nutrition doesn't really agree with my uh doesn't really agree with my stomach so being as efficient with what i take on as possible is is paramount to me not having a a hideous (laughs) a hideous experience when i race so not eating is a big part of my uh big part of my performance uh preparation for this when it comes to nutrition. Um I'm then sort of following uh more Ben Greenfield's approach which is kind of lower carb higher fat during the day again with that metabolic efficiency in mind. So a lot of salads, a lot of fish, a lot of eggs, a lot of avocado, um things like that so for lunch and then having a more carb heavy dinner. So um, bringing in some wild rice or some sweet potatoes and things of that nature, like in the evening. So when, um, uh, you know, the the sort of circadian um, cortisol um, spike happens and, and you're better able to, to deal with and absorb uh, those calories from, from carbohydrates. So that's kind of my day-to-day nutrition. Pretty boring. I kind of eat like a very similar pattern most days of the week you know i i have the same big old salad like big ass salad bowl um for lunch and then for dinner you know it's either um fish or tempeh or eggs uh, again or something like that and i don't do a lot of red meat i probably should do more it's just i'm pretty picky about the the source of uh meat that i use like i'm um pretty pretty vehemently against factory farming and things of that nature so I, I take great pains to to source high quality um you know high quality grass-fed um you know free-range meat um and yeah that's that's it so pretty pretty boring and then um for nutrition i'm still testing actually so my nutrition to be honest for AAA wasn't perfect i still didn't feel good like using. actual race nutrition actual race nutrition yeah. so like training and racing nutrition um so my my um my training nutrition i don't tend to take on even for long runs like i don't tend to take on that much uh fuel i i, I typically don't need to at the speed i'm going um but i need to train with it in order to take it in during the race and and the last couple of long races i've done it's been sort of problematic it's not sat quite well with me so i'm i'm taking on a the sort of scratch labs approach of uh, uh, not particularly heavy on the sports drink um, and using that as a um, using that as a to increase osmolality to in, to increase to sort of enhance the absorption of more solid foods. So easy to eat bars, things like hammer bars that I've been using and to good effect in the past um but i'm not happy with that so i I need to keep testing so what i'll be doing over the next i think i've got eight weeks till the race 
is my long runs at the weekend are going to be all focused around specifically testing nutrition. So I'll be testing um, different different ratios of fat to protein to carbs, mainly fat and carbs, um, tiny bit of protein just because um, it staves off sort of central nervous system fatigue, uh, keeping up the, the amount of blood amino acids. Um and yeah, so that that's that's going to be a process of training over a process of testing. Sorry, over the next eight weeks or so uh, for the race nutrition side of things. Cool. That sounds uh, very intense. It sounds like something I would do if I were to run a trail run, a hundred kilometer trail run. I'd probably get pretty. I don't know if I'd ever do that. Anyway, um... dude, you <laughs> should sign up last minute. Just go fucking nuts. Do it kill myself uh never say never but no something interesting that i will add to this is that i finally figured out how to fast um 16 hours on a training day and um that was always my problem was that i couldn't fast on the days that i trained um i found out i could maybe if it was a really really easy day like a 10 15 minute like super easy run I could usually fast for 16 hours. Yep. But, you know, even a moderate swim or a moderate bike ride, I would always end up getting a headache the minute I took my first bite after the 16 hours. And I would feel like this energy bunk. Um, so I'm reading an article on Mark Sisson's website, which is Primal something. Um, Primal Blueprint? Primal, Yeah, Primal Blueprint. He has a couple of brands. And I'm reading an article about keto and cardio, and they're talking about, you know, people that want to do cardio and keto, and it said, getting headaches, feeling energy bonks, feeling like shit in the middle of the day, probably have an electrolyte imbalance, taking mm. electrolytes before you train. And I went, wait, I'm a heavy sweater, which, side note, is such a great name for a band, heavy sweater. Look, I, I, Imagine this. The Works cover, on several levels. The cover would be me wearing a heavy sweater, sweating heavily. I, oh, I get it. I get it. So good. I just love calling myself heavy sweater because I just I see myself wearing a, <laughs> a Christmas sweater. And I love sweating it. a lot. It's heavy. A heavy sweater. It's just so good. No one has that name. I I, I want to come up with an indie rock band and, and you could do, and you could also like look depressed on the album cover. So it's yeah. like something heavy's just happened. But no, it would be it would be a throwback to Phil Collins. Um, yeah. Uh, is it, what what album was Susudio on? Uh, I, I have no idea. Fucking American Psycho. Um, I was going to say that's he, the that's he's the only sweating w- profusely on the album cover, and it would just be that. It would literally be a knockoff of that with me. Oh, but you're looking sort of sad in a middle distance, like. <laughs> All right, so yeah, back to so the show. I am a heavy sweater, and I realize that I sweat more than other people, and because I sweat, I lose electrolytes. And then I went, wait, let me try this out. So I've been trying different iterations of it, and dun dun dun. Holy shit. So I take my calcium, magnesium, potassium, and zinc pills. Yeah. Before I've done an, I did a two and a half hour bike ride as the big test. Yeah. Moderate intensity, moderate to easy intensity. Um, 16 hours fasted, perfectly fine. No bullshit. Four months ago, I would have had a nasty headache, 1 p.m. Yeah, right. So that was it, man. So now I'm able, I can fast now four to five days a week, um, that's, 16 hours. That's really interesting. Huge, huge. Yeah. Like I, and most people are like, oh, whatever. Like, Not a lot of people fast after training anyway, 
Um, but I know people like I'm perfectly fine fasting. And then someone, someone was like, oh, Darren, you should uh, you should try MCT oil. And I tried it. It didn't work. Yeah, right. Uh, and I was also like, it's going to break my fast because one damn tablespoon is 130 calories. What the fuck? I'm going to. It was like kind of stupid for him to say MCT oil. And I had to do like half a serving like over the course of a few hours. This is my problem with this, with the 5-2 um, fasting thing. Mm-hmm. Let me just say this very clearly and very loudly. It's not fasting. <laughs> it's calorie restriction and they're different. <laughs> It, I'm not saying it's not beneficial. I'm not saying you can't lose weight doing it. I'm not saying it's not good. I think it is. It's not fasting. But it's though. not It's not fucking fasting. Yeah. It's calorie restriction. As soon as you take something in, you're not fasting anymore. Like the yeah. hormones and enzymes and metabolic processes all start up as soon as you take in some calories. So it's, so even the electrolyte tablets? Um, They're just straight I, pills. Yeah, I, I, I think, mean, there's probably I, a couple I, calories I, in them. I think something happens. So, but me, if, me being able to do the 16 hours is better than not being able to do it and taking it. A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, if you uh, listening to um, Dr. Sachin Panda on mm-hmm. uh, Rhonda Patrick's uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick's uh, podcast, he's of the opinion that even um, like black coffee, which has no calories at all in it. Um, causes you know enzymatic responses, which which it's, it, because which, your body metabolizes it. And yeah, like, which it, yeah, it does something which so it, it's the levels at which the fasting slash calorie restriction work. So you know for 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 pure weight loss and and things like you know testosterone response and stuff like that, you probably get away with it. It wouldn't. It's not going to do anything. Um, but. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm not going to profess to be an expert here, and you know I'm not a doctor and don't play one on the internet. But the, the there's different there's different types of um, you know response you get from calorie restriction versus fasting and and over different time periods. But the five two thing is is calorie restriction. Oh yeah, let's, yeah, let's, yeah. Well, I mean, let's what, not call it fasting. Yeah, like I've read that you know, it, like let's say you're doing a few day fast and some people do the the almonds and whatnot and the lemon juice. Sure. Um, you know, in salt water, salt yeah. soda, uh, sparkling water. And it's like, yeah, it's something for your body to metabolize, but you bring it in 20, 30 calories like every five, six hours. Like your body's still in a fasted state. Oh, pretty pretty much, yeah. yeah like, it, but if it gets you through it, then it's worth it to get you through it and yeah. help stave off the hunger pains. Pangs. Sure. Pangs. Yeah. I always thought they were pains, but they're uh, pangs. Uh, it's pangs. <laughs> it could be hunger pains. You could have pains too. But, but it's, it's pangs, though, is the actual word. It's I think hunger pains. You can still have hunger pains. You can have hunger pains, but it's a pang. It's a P-A-N-G. It's okay. hunger pang. All right, we're going to end this section here. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have a transition sound happen, and then there'll be a you know, sound effect. Can the sound be a pang? So now we got training, we got nutrition, and the last kind of, I guess, top-level, super important pillar. They're all important because managing your stress footwear those are other important things sure vitamin d intake etc those are other important things but we won't talk about that right now um not make this a four-hour podcast recovery yeah um which i guess you know there's a bit of stress management in there but how do you how do you manage and do your recovery for this specific race is it any different and again how does someone that like myself that's focusing on 5ks and 10ks and shorter punchier stuff stumbles upon this episode how do they take any value from what you're about to say or or is that not a thing is this not not sure. for them i i was when i was originally thinking about recovery i i did think oh it's, it's just 
you know, this is I'm just it's my normal recovery protocol. You know, it, it's it's a it's a bit of um, stretching, it's a bit of foam rolling, it's you know, it's fascial release. I'll go get a massage every now and then. I'll go, um, you know, go get checked out by um, by by my physio and just make sure I'm as a as a preventative thing. By the way, I think that's a that's a massive thing that anyone who's training seriously can do is just in a proactive fashion go to the physio every once in a while and just see if anything's looking shonky um, yeah like like uh have a it's like a third party objective yeah person it, look at you yeah i i 100 agree i've got a running physio ben liddy shout outs uh central physio at near central station in surrey hills um i go to him like probably every six months yeah um usually when i'm about to start training um, it's kind of like, you know, consult your doctor before doing this. Yeah. I usually do that with a uh, running physio and he has never led me astray. Yeah. Um, like he's always been on point and his biggest thing was sorting out my Achilles tendonitis, which we won't get into. How no, no, we won't have things. a knife fight about this. We won't, we won't no. do that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you, you. Recovery, yeah, physios. Yeah, pro- just proactivity in general. So, like going to the physio and getting checked out to make sure you're, you know, nothing's looking weird. And the same thing with a doctor as well. So, you know, I went and um, uh, I went and uh, you know had a uh, had blood check and made sure my you know vitamin levels and all the rest of it were um, you know were all all looking good and all on point, which they are, which is great. Here's a fun side note. I. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. So every six months I get blood work done. Yeah. And I was getting blood work done every three months, like in 2018. Yeah. You know, and like the doctors saw my thing and they're like, yo, you don't have to get it done so much. And I'm like, oh, well, I, this doctor told me I had to. And they're like, you know, Medicare is not going to pay for that <laughs> shit if you keep doing it. Because <laughs> I get vitamin D tests. Yeah, yeah. And like, they're like, oh, they have to put that I'm dark skin in there to yeah. get the vitamin D test. So I think it's hilarious that they're like, stop getting them done so much. <laughs> they've, just- <laughs> not, they've not told me to stop yet. I, I do pretty much once every six months, though. And the doctors, yeah, anyway, they're pretty good about it. Like, they're bulk build. They don't care. Like, um, but I, I think that's a I think that's a massive thing. So I think people, a lot of athletes tend to only go see uh, health professionals be it a physio or a doctor or, or a you know chiropractor or whatever they need when something's wrong. And I think going beforehand and making sure that nothing's on the way to being wrong is, you know, injuries don't just happen. Like a, most running injuries uh, aren't acute. They aren't, you fall over. Yeah, and, you're not breaking and, your ankle. And, and breaking your ankle. Oh, it, yeah. it, they are overuse injuries that, that occur from doing something wrong or something being wrong over time. Oh, uh, it like, it just it kills me that people go, "Oh, I'm injured." I'm like, "No, I, I got injured in this last." You, no, you didn't. You you're got, not you, playing football and yeah. you broke your wrist. Like, no, no, your injury <laughs> happened over six months. Exactly. Stop it. Yeah. yeah, and I've made that mistake before. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at anyone because I've, 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 I've done that. Like, and that's one of the reasons why I do some of the injury prevention stuff I do um, this time around because I got my Achilles tendinosis last time. So this time I do my eccentric calf lowering exercises. I make sure to pay attention to that that part of my body. Um, so the, the, those are the those are the sort of specific things I do. I already mentioned I think before the sort of strength and stability um, stuff, which I, I count as part of injury prevention as well because I, I do that as a warm up before I um, before I run. So making sure I warm up and cool down uh, well, uh, super, super important. And um, because I'm having a backup, you know, day after day with a, with, a, with a good volume of running, just making sure well, my nutrition's on point, which is, uh, which is a big part of recovery. And then 
the usual stuff, which honestly doesn't change any, which is, you know, making sure I get good sleep and, um, which is, you know, huge. Um, but the, the, the biggest things I think I do differently, um, which is, I guess the point here for people to take away that I do differently because it's this race versus, um, you know, versus a triathlon is, is paying more attention to the Achilles because that's where overuse injuries happen for me. Um, and then that proactive, um, you know, proactively getting things checked out. Nice. All right. So we like to wrap everything in a nice bow, um, as some podcasters call it, utopian blue sky. So what, who has ever said that? It's really good. It's a really good way of like, um, it was in the new spinoff of Masters of Scale, like how they ended an episode. They were like, let's do the utopian blue sky or the, or the dystopian uh, dark skies, dark and cloudy, rainy skies. Like they kind right. of like had both. And I was like, that's such a good way. Because most, most things end on a like a utopian blue sky. Right. Type ending. It's like. End on a dystopia. No, don't end on dystopia. Let, okay. No, let's end it on blue sky. Okay. I sure. want a sunny, sunny day. Okay, I can do that. 27 degree I can do Celsius. that. It's just pretty much against my disposition, but I can end on a positive note. Well, I mean, right, give me some positivity and some optimism because it has been proven that being optimistic is better than being pessimistic in any situation. It's been proven by science. It has been proven <laughs> by stupid science. <laughs> stupid science studies that have been peer-reviewed. Stupid people making sense. Stupid. So, what are you taking from this moving forward? Because you'll be mid- Mid training, you'll be actually a few weeks out it, uh, when we release this, or yeah, whenever. Um, we shouldn't talk about time, but you'll be some ways away, and it will be coming very closely. Yeah, what are you doing, and what can someone that's training for this do if they want to just totally, yeah, mirror what you're doing and not train on their own? <laughs> <laughs> so the um, so bringing it back to the sort of integral performance thing we touched on before. So that's again, it's really about looking at every aspect of it. We looked at the last episode we looked at the psychological aspect of it so what it means to me um you know what i'm doing from a mental side in in terms of training um we looked at the physical aspect today so what i'm what i'm doing to my own uh, body for for you know training nutrition and recovery um the two aspects of the integral um kind of framework that we've not looked at are the 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 kind of um the the relationship aspect of it so what this means for my relationships with the other people in my life so what it means for my support network my friends my family my partner um you know for work um that is something to consider here as well so we're not going to delve delve into that now but that's you know when you're race planning you want to you want to consider the people in your life and how they can support you and how you're impacting on them and how, um, you know, how that whole gestalt comes together. Um, and then the other aspect of it, which we haven't touched on as well, is the is the systems aspect and the planning for the race. And maybe we touch on this in another episode. Let us know if this is interesting because thinking about the checkpoints, thinking about the mandatory gear, thinking about the actual, um, you know, the rules of the race, thinking about the logistics of getting there, the whole systems view of the the race. So you've got the you've got the individual subjective, you've got the group subjective, you've got the individual objective, which is what I'm doing to my physical being, and then you've got the the systems objective, which is which is everything, and that really covers the whole of reality. So I guess on a positive note. It's a bit of work, but if you spend the time moving through those four different lenses when you look at your race, um, taking what the race looks like and translating that to your to your preparation, 
the impact on you being able to move and achieve your move towards and achieve your goals is is profound um and i've i've experienced this this isn't the first time i've taken this approach to race preparation and this isn't the first time i've i've helped other people do it there's some of the athletes i coach um so on a positive note if this is something that interests you the, there's a lot of material out there about integral like i said you can you can have my spreadsheet that, that i've created for this this is you know just email talk some shit at the master of some.com and i'll send it to you um can you put it up as like a public view only google sheets file um, I could, but I'd rather have a conversation with people. Cool. I'd rather I'd rather people do go that extra little mile and get uncomfortable, talk to another human being, talk to me. You have to talk to me. Slide I, I, into his DMs. Jesus, don't. Um, <laughs> never want that to happen. I don't even know what that is. This is something the kids do to each other. They slide into each other's DMs. Darren, I'm scared. <laughs> episode's done Uh, we're done (laughs) and that's it as always we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us ramble about shit that we think you could find of interest and that we find of interest and hopefully help everyone out there again please subscribe rate comment and share on whatever you use to listen to us if you have any questions or concerns or even suggestions for episodes or hell if you want to be on the show hit us up on the socials twitter instagram facebook or talk some shit at masterofsomepod.com again if you like any of the music that you heard this episode please feel free to add it to whatever device on whatever platform you use spotify apple music or soundcloud just go to masterofsomepod.com slash music and share with all the folks that you think would like it. Don't worry if you didn't get that. There's a link in the show notes. Thank you so much. Peace.